0: Yes, and it's a mantra that can be applied to every aspect of your life. These two words are ground zero for all creativity. These two words will help you shut down fear. These two words can change your life if you'll let them. Yes, I'm serious. And this podcast is on a mission to show you how. I'm Judy Holler, the host of Yes And. If Dr. Dre and Amy Poehler had a baby, um, that would basically be me. Listen, if you're looking for a no BS approach to life, business, and your mental health, then you are in the right place. So welcome to Yes And, where we smash comfort zones and navigate the unscripted stage of everyday life together. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 53 of Yes And with me, Judy Holler. Go shorty, it's a new year. We're gonna party like it's a new year. Okay, 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 I know, I know. I shouldn't quit my day job and take my mediocre-ish rap slash singing skills on the road. But damn, I am so pumped to be here with you. And can I just say something to you uh, before we jump off on the content this week? There is a lot going on in the world right now, um from Dr. Dre starting us off this year, having a brain aneurysm, and then while he was in the hospital with a brain aneurysm, his house got broken into i mean come on, nothing can happen to Dr. Dre to jump off on twenty twenty one let's let's just let's just all say a prayer and have a moment of silence for Dr. Dre, right. Okay, now that I got that out, uh, you know, my goodness, everything that went on uh, on Capitol Hill and what's going on in the world and all the unrest, my goodness. So I just want to say, it's okay to be pissed off right now. (laughs) It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel scared and to feel angry and to feel frustrated. But, and y'all know I don't use that word a lot. But it is not okay to stay there. You can use the words yes and to get yourself out of really bad places. And some of us right now may be in those bad places. It is okay to feel all of the feels. It's okay to be angry and pissed and sad and scared, but it is never okay to be them to stay in that space for too long this is sort of where we enter uh the mental danger zone when we stay in that yucky stuff too long so instead of staying there can you use yes and to get out as a ladder out of the chaos so you could say yes i'm scared and i'm hopeful for the future yes I'm uncertain and I'm confident that I've got what it takes to figure it out. Yes, I'm worried and, and I know that I am a warrior who is strong enough to keep moving forward. Times are tough, but you fear boss, you are tougher. So if you're listening to this right now, it is no fucking accident. Keep going. Okay, so let's jump in and pop off with our fear boss of the week. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Now, listen, if you've left a review on iTunes, it very well could be. So you ready? Drum roll, please. All right, so this week I am shouting out Samarita. I think that's how you say it. Samarita writes, I love this podcast every single week. There is a nugget I can apply to my personal and professional life. Judy continues to inspire me to push the limits on what I can achieve if I put my mind to it and push past the fear. A continued thanks for helping all of us become a fear boss in our daily lives. Oh my goodness. Well, Samarita, thank you for that beautiful review. And if you're listening, Yay. You send me a DM on the Instagram at Judy Holler or send me an email at hello at Judy dot com so we can get your swag bag and a fun little fear boss surprise out to you in the mail ASAP. And listen, if you want to be our next fear boss of the week, all you got to do is leave a super quick review on iTunes. It means the world to me. And it's how we make sure this podcast stays on the fear boss airwaves. Okay, Fear Boss. So this week's show, my goodness. Money, 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 money. Again, not a singer. Money. Right. I won't quit my day job. But listen, we're going to talk about money today. And if you want to have less shame around loving money, wanting more money, uh getting paid what you deserve, this episode is going to help you reset your vibe, but first I got to start with a story. Have I ever told you about the time I met Jen Sincero? So if you don't know who Jen Sincero is, she is the author of one of my favorite books, a book called You Are a Bad Ass. I'll link up in the show notes if you haven't read it. My goodness, go read this book. Uh, If you're listening to this at the beginning of 2021, what a perfect book to add to your Fear Boss collection. But yo, it It's a book that fundamentally changed my life. Uh, It's a book you must read. And it's a book that 100% fired up my confidence in order to move forward on the book. You have likely read my book, a book called Fear Is My Homeboy, which, oh, by the way, did you know that Fear Is My Homeboy is back up on Audible? We were down for a little bit and now we're back up on Audible. And I'll link up to our Audible version of the book in the show notes. But listen, if you're here listening to the podcast, I know you're going to love listening to my audiobook. It is a certified vibe. Uh, I read it. So if you like my podcast and you like my voice, you're going to like my audiobook. And bonus, it has a bunch of stuff. The hardcover copy doesn't have specifically a podcast style Q&A at the end of every chapter where we go even deeper. So again, it's all linked up in the show notes or just search up Fear is my homeboy on Amazon. But yes, when I was creating my book, I wanted you to feel reading my book how I felt reading Jen's book. You are a badass. I loved the flow of her book, I loved the vibe of her book. I loved the naughty words in her book. I loved the style and I loved all the little bite-sized actionable takeaways she like wove into every chapter. Um, And I also, most importantly, loved its straight up OG realness and legit. Before I had my book, Fear's My Homeboy, I would give her book out from the keynote stages I'd speak on. So a part of my uh, keynotes is that I use improv to teach my ideas on confidence and fear and all that good stuff. And I call for volunteers. So I give those volunteers who come up on stage in front of hundreds and thousands of people gifts for doing that. And now I give out my book. Uh, but I used to give out, because I didn't have a book, You Are a Badass. And I would proudly declare, you are a badass for doing this. Thank you so much, enjoy the book, right? So I I mean, listen, I have probably given away hundreds of copies of You Are a Badass in my life. So I am a certified fan. Okay, so back to the time I met Jen, the author of the international bestseller, You Are a Badass. So I was on a flight back home to Ohio from Boston, okay? So I was giving a talk in Boston and I was heading back from that talk. So there I am sitting in the boarding area at United in the Boston airport. And I'm just sort of looking around and I legit see Jensen Chero. So because I'm a fan, I know exactly what she looks like, right? And there she was straight chilling, right? Straight chilling about to board the exact same flight I'm boarding to The Cleveland airport, which made sense once I started thinking about it, because I had tickets that night to a book signing and reading at our local library featuring the one and only Jen Sincero. So the universe lined shit up and put us on the same flight together. I Still get goosebumps thinking about like that moment and how it even happened. Uh, So we were both flying, obviously united. And it didn't mean we were like on Southwest and could kind of pick our seats or anything. So we had like assigned seats, right? So I wasn't going to miss the chance to meet her and sort of like wait and see if we were going to sit next to each other or near each other. So I mustered up my fear boss courage. Hello, fear experiments. And I went over and said, hello. I was like, hi, uh, are you Jen Sincero? (laughs) To which she said, yeah, uh, I am. To which I said, oh my God, your book changed my life. And I'm sure I like fangirled and nerded out and all the things. But anyway, she was awesome and gracious. We chatted for a minute, snapped a photo, of course. And I told her I was gonna be at the book signing that night and was super excited about it. So we wrapped it up, which I didn't want to do. I could have sat there and talked to her forever and asked her eight million questions and also said, hey, will you be my best friend? Can you be my mentor? Will you coach me? I wanted to ask her all the things. Right. But we boarded the flight. We landed in Ohio, said goodbye. And like we did not sit next to each other on the plane and we sort of uh, separated our ways in Ohio. So that night I got myself all ready to attend uh, the book reading and book signing at our local library where I live here in Ohio. Uh, And it began with sort of her reading from the book and then it went into a Q&A. Now, before I tell you about where we're going today, and yes, this is going to circle back around to money, 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 money. I have to tell you about what happened uh, when she signed my book. So she does her reading. Okay. And then we do a Q&A and all that stuff. And then obviously there is a long line of people waiting to get their books signed by Jen. And I had um, both of her books. I had You Are a Badass and You Are a Badass at Making Money. She's got another one that is about to come out any day now. You Are a Badass at Habits. Uh, but anyway, I had just had the two books and I was waiting my turn to get the book signed. And by the time I get up there, she had obviously recognized me from the QA and obviously the airport. And so I get up there and she's like, Oh, you again? And And we have a little small talk and she signs my books. And I I say to her before we wrap that up, obviously being mindful of time, because there's a long line of people trying to get the book signed and people drove hours, like hours, hours, hours to come see and meet her, which was so cool. And it had to just be such a moment for her. Anyway, uh, I said, you know, I have to tell you, I and this is, by the way, well before I had written fear is my homeboy i had had the idea i had been on my honeymoon i was married and i had come up with the idea for fear is my homeboy if you've read my book you know about how i came up with the idea for fear is my homeboy and what i was going to do while on my honeymoon with my now husband but i hadn't done anything with it yet so i say to her i say you know listen i love your mantra Of you are a badass. It's, it's awesome. It's empowering. And I just got to tell you, I have this mantra too, and I've had it for years. And, um, I finally just put words to it and it's got me so fired up. I got to share it with you. She's like, okay, what is it? And I said, uh, my mantra is fear is my homeboy. Fear is my homeboy, like changing the conversation around fear. Why does it have to be such a scary thing? Why can't we figure out how to befriend our fear? And she just puts her Sharpie down and she leans back in her chair and she goes, fear is my homeboy. She goes, ooh, I love that. And then she leans in and she goes, I might have to steal that one. And she's she had this like smirk on her face, right? And I'm sure she wasn't gonna go steal it. But every, every nerve in my body, every blood vessel fired up, every hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I smiled like awkwardly back at her. But I also went like, what? Like, oh my God, she just said she loves it. A. So I was like excited about that. But then I was like, oh my God, she just legit said she could steal that idea. And I was like, This is Jensen Cheryl, who has a lot of people in her back pocket, who probably has the time, money and resources to go do something with Beerus, my homeboy. I'm like, holy shit. So it literally lit a fire underneath my ass and I started moving. I bought, you know, bought the domain. I, uh, you know, started the trademarking process for for the title. I started figuring out publishers and writing and figuring out how to organize my ideas. But that moment, me like sort of putting that out into the universe to someone. I respected so much and her jokingly sort of challenging me on the back end uh, really started the process. And it's why I'm here on the mic with you today. So it was a transformative moment. And I I've never seen Jen since I can't wait for the day that I do. I can't wait to hand her a copy of that book and tell her how important and how transformational that conversation was for me. I mean, and when we put out the book, uh, we did this whole like campaign where we set really cool sequin pillows with um, sayings related to the people we were sending them to with my book and confetti and all this cool stuff to sort of like market the book and get it in the hands of people that were influencers that I respected. And we sent one to Jen. We got we got a hold of her her, um, you know, agent person, if you will. And I sent her a customized sequin pillow that said, you are a badass. And my book was in there and I included our photo and the story. And unfortunately I never heard back from her, but I don't take it personally because I get it. We can't connect to and or respond to everybody. And who knows, to be honest, if she ever even got it, I mean, we could have sent it to a PR person who like put it in a closet full of other stuff. Jen gets from her millions of fans around the world. But one of these days, Fear Boss, I will be able to tell her that story. And she has forever transformed my journey and continues to inspire me to this day. So back to the Q&A. When it started, she opened up the floor. Okay, And my for Q&A for questions after she read in my hand fired up, of course, right? Fear experiment, fear boss. And you got to put yourself in the fire, right? If you want to uh, get noticed in life, you have to do things that are noticeable. You have to stand out in a sit down world, you have to stand up in a sit down world. And I've always found over the years as I was building my career. And even to this day, I'm always doing things to put myself out there. And I am more introverted than people would assume. And this is why it's a, always a fear experiment for me to sit in the front row, to raise my hand, to volunteer, to write the article, to sit on the panel, to try something new, to ask the first question in a and a with the New York Times bestselling author. I mean, all of these things, Um, get you more comfortable being uncomfortable, but they also get you noticed. And if you want a different life, you have to be willing to do things differently. So I was conducting a fear experiment at the time, and I asked that first question. And my question to Jen was this. Jen, as an author yourself, you have written a book that has changed millions of lives all over the world, and most certainly the lives of every single one of us in this room What is the one book that has changed your life the most? What's that one book? I could could not wait to get her answer to this question because as I stand here and record this for you, I am surrounded and right behind me uh, are all of the books that have transformed and changed my life the most. And some of them, some of them I consider to be best friends. They are that transformative. And some of them are books I call on time and time and time again. So I could not wait to hear what she said. And knee-jerk reaction immediately, she said, the science of getting rich. Now, When she said that, I wasn't expecting it, you know, and I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised because it wasn't like a cliche book like some John Maxwell or something like old school that uh, is still really amazing and awesome. Uh, But I thought she was going to go back into the archives and she certainly did once I tell you about this book. But it was a book I hadn't heard of. So that made me excited because guess what? I was like, ding, ding, ding. I'm going shopping put it in the Amazon cart. Let's go. But I I have to be honest with you. When she said the name of that book, I got I got a little judgy. Okay, about the book's title. Um, I instantly started thinking it was like some secret bullshit. Nothing against a secret. I'm all about manifesting. Right. I'm all about putting that energy out into the world so that you can get it back. But I'm also equally about working hard in order to earn it. But you so I, I got kind of judgy, like the science of getting rich, like what the F is this? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but this was Jen Sincero, right? The OG, OG badass herself uh, who had, oh, by the way, totally transformed her life in her forties. She went from Broke and barely getting by, right? To building a multi-million-dollar personal development business and has become a mogul in that space. So I write the book down. Uh, I take in the Q and A, do the book signing, go home, order it on Amazon, and immediately await its arrival. When it came. I devoured it. It's a pretty easy book to devour, by the way. But the ideas in that book have fundamentally changed my perspective on and my relationship with money and not just money, but yo, the energy, the energy of money. And honestly, this is a book that has been marked up and highlighted that I've I keep with me and refer to regularly. I consider it to be a nightstand book, a book that I look at multiple times a week. I open it up. I let my eyes land on whatever page I open it up to and let the words I read inspire maybe a mantra for the day, uh, a thought I have before I go to sleep and most certainly remind me of the power of money's energy. So today uh, I thought it would be fun to share three of the ideas in that book uh, that hit me the hardest in the hopes that they may help you too. By the way, a quick pause here to talk about your net worth. Uh, my girl, Jessica's Zweig, has a book coming out into the world and I could not be more excited about it. It comes out on February 16th and it is a book called Be. A No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Your Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself Yo. Jessica really goes to town in this book and redefines personal branding, smashing common myths and misperceptions as she shares her most powerful tools for building and sustaining a brand based on service, communication, and unapologetic apologetic authenticity. Jessica is one of my favorite chicks, uh, one of my favorite humans. And uh, she is a sister and a friend and she's been on the Yes And podcast. And this is a first of its kind. It's a tactical business book meets empowerment manifesto. Dude, it's a roadmap. And if you want to increase your net worth, remember, money is energy. It requires you to fall in love with yourself right? To grow your self-worth in order to earn the net worth you deserve. And I really believe, and Jessica has said this before too, that businesses and brands that sparkle on the outside come from human beings that sparkle on the inside. If you want to learn how to do that, if you want to stop apologizing for sparkling on the inside so you can go get you more of what you deserve. You're going to want to check out this book. Go in and pre-order. I'll put a link in the show notes to everything. You can simply search B, B, B B-E period on Amazon and find it. It's written by the beautiful Jessica Zweig. And I have no doubt you're going to love it as much as I do. Okay, the book. Back to the book. It's a book called The Science of Getting Rich. It is written by Wallace D. Waddles. I'll link up in the show notes. Don't you worry. You could just literally type into Amazon, the science of getting rich. You'll see different cover versions, but you want the one by Wallace D. Waddles. And yo, check this out. It was originally published in 1910. And that is like the first thing I highlighted in the book, to be honest. And then I wrote next to the highlight, holy shit balls. (laughs) Like I was literally reading a book. I'm about to read a book. I was thinking at the time. was published in 1910. And as you read this book, you'll notice that the ideas are timeless and beautiful and so, so important. So the first thing we need to think about, the first big idea as it relates to the science of getting rich, this framework to getting rich, and I'm using rich in air quotes here, because I think we all define success and wealth uh, very differently, right? Maybe wealth for you is health. Maybe wealth for you is um, having a a thriving business. Maybe wealth for you is joy and happiness. Maybe wealth for you is redefining your relationship with a a substance you're trying to lay down. Maybe wealth for you is uh, financial security into the future. I mean, we're all going to redefine and define Find the way we see wealth in our lives as we age and as we become different versions of who we are. But the first big idea in the book, idea number one, that was really powerful for me was this notion that money, money is energy. It's energy. It is fucking energy, period. In the beginning of the book, he writes, it is not possible to live a really complete or successful life unless one is rich. No man can rise to his greatest possible height in talent or soul development unless they have plenty of money. Success in life is becoming what you want to be. You can become what you want only by making use of things, and you can have the free use of things only as you become rich enough To buy them, and by the way, I'd add here, we live in the generation now of Google and the internet where a lot of stuff is free, which allows you to get access to things you never had before freely, easily, and readily. Okay, so back to Wallace. To understand the science of getting rich is therefore the most essential of all knowledge. There is nothing wrong with wanting to get rich. The desire for riches is really the desire, and this is big, for a richer, fuller, and more abundant life. And that desire is praiseworthy. I think there is so much shame around the energy of money, which is why... We can block that energy from coming into our lives because we feel ashamed or embarrassed or bad because we seek to attain wealth in our lives. So this idea and this notion of money being energy really comes from having an abundance mindset, which we hear about all the time. And yo, he was talking about it in 1910, that what we think is what we get. And one of my new favorite mantras is, is this notion that words are wands. So if you are constantly sitting around saying, I am horrible at money, wish granted you will be, I am broke, wish granted you will be, I am horrible at balancing a budget. Wish granted, you will be. I am not the kind of person who needs a lot of money. Those people are evil and mean. Wish granted, you'll stay in that mindset, right? So words are wands. You get where I'm going here. So if we can instead flip that conversation we have with money and start saying things like, I am worthy of wealth. Wish granted. I am awesome at balancing a budget. Wish granted. I am running a multiple seven figure business. Wish granted. Now, let me pause here. Uh, words are wands. Absolutely. And I believe you can grant yourself any wish you want as long as you are willing to do the work in order to earn it. So mindset and hustle need to work together, right? In the vibe and thrive community, uh, we are always talking about this, right? Our vibe, right? Our self-worth, is directly tied to our net worth. Our vibe is directly tied to our ability, our ability to thrive. So we have to work hard, but we also have to believe that we can. So he gives a couple of examples here in the book. He says to look upon the appearance of disease will produce the form of disease in your own mind and ultimately in your body, unless you hold the thought of truth, which is there is no disease. There is no disease. So of course there's disease in the world, but if you're constantly sitting around worried and thinking you're going to get sick and surrounding yourself with articles and, and people and places and things that uh, promote sickness and make you feel sick, you're going to welcome more of that into your life, right? If you instead flip the script and say, you know, I am healthy and disease-free, right? That is a different mindset. He goes on to say, it is only an appearance and the reality is health. Your reality is health. And saying that time and time again is important. So another example, to look upon the appearances of poverty will produce corresponding forms in your own mind, unless you hold the truth that there is no poverty, there is only abundance, right? So I was listening to Alicia Keys' audio uh, audiobook, by the way, more of Myself, More of Myself is what it's called. And of course you can get it in hardcover or whatever, but I highly recommend this book on audio because it's Alicia Keys and you know, she's gonna sing and play the piano. And she brings in everywhere everyone from Michelle Obama to Jay-Z to Oprah Winfrey herself, uh, All I mean, oh my gosh, all kinds of legendary people come in and have conversations about uh, their, their part of the story in her life. So I highly recommend it, but she has this section in the book where she began talking about Money being energy. And she grew up uh, really struggling with a single mom. Uh, she had an absent dad who she later uh sort of uh healed her relationship with, but her mom raised her solo, right? In uh in Brooklyn. And they struggled. They struggled, they struggled. And so when Alicia first came into money, uh it took one of her best friends sitting her down because I mean she would go shopping and she wouldn't even allow herself. I mean, this is a girl who had millions upon millions upon millions, millions in the bank in fact, all the smart stuff right and it's not about going to buy things but it was about the mindset she had around money and so she would go shopping and wouldn't even be able to allow herself to buy a belt like a Gucci belt or something and she would put it back she's like there's no way no way and her best friend finally set her down and was like listen you know of course you don't want to be stupid and life isn't about things and alicia Keys has never been one of those people and I love that I'm talking about alicia Keys like I know her but I think when you listen to someone's auto biography. You really do feel like, you know, them, which is so powerful. And I have a whole new respect for her, but she um, has never been someone who's like into the flash or into big diamonds or fancy dresses and all that stuff. Like she's never been that kind of person, but she wasn't even allowing herself to uh, enjoy the the small ish things uh, and reap the rewards of her success. And, uh, you know, her best friend sat her down and said, you have to stop living in this scarcity mindset. It's gonna block you from from abundance in the future. And it's when Alicia started really going inside and doing the work around money being energy. And of course, we have to be smart and we have to be thinking about things that could go wrong and where our businesses and our lives are vulnerable because we wanna protect ourselves. But if you live in a scarcity mindset, you will only get more of that, right? We have to figure out how to shift our energy around money If you want more of it to come in your life and every morning I write down 10, I am power statements. If you use my vibe and thrive goal-focused planner, which is of course linked up in the show notes, you'll, you'll see that we have that as a prompt every day in our daily journaling pages. And I am constantly writing down things like I am worthy, worthy of wealth, right? I am safe to relax and receive, I am always manifesting money. Money is energy and I love it, right? I am not ashamed of the wealth I'm earning, right? So these are all ways that you can start to think differently about the energy of money and how you converse with it in your day-to-day life. So that is idea number one that I really love. Okay, idea number two. And I think I had always kind of loosely known this, but the book really brought it home for me. And keep in mind, The whole time I'm reading this, I am thinking of Jen Sincero, who has been able to do incredible things in her life. And it's so funny, another backstory on Jen Sincero. And if you read her book, you'll know this about her. And maybe you don't, um, because I I think sometimes you have to reread books and you learn new things every time you read a book. And this is a book I come to time and time again. But Jen, and she said it in the Q&A, she's like, I used to make fun of personal development, right? Like I was like, people who go to those seminars and read those books, it's a bunch of crap. Money is energy. Mindset is energy. And so her having that limiting belief around developing yourself was holding her back from getting the wealth and the success that she really deserved in life. I mean, she was a talented writer doing all kinds of stuff for pennies on the dollar and she wasn't charging what she was worth. And she had this really negative, nasty mindset around people who went to conferences and uh, listen to podcasts and and developed themselves personally, right? And so I kept that in mind as I was reading this book, because if someone who hated and made fun of personal development said this was the one book that changed your mind, I kept leaning into every chapter and every word. And the second idea that really kept coming up for me as I read Wallace Waddle's words was this notion that there is enough There is enough for all of us. He writes, you must get rid of the thought of competition. You are to create, not compete for what is already created. You do not, oh, this is big. You do not have to take anything away from anyone. You do not have to drive sharp bargains. You do not have to cheat or steal or take advantage. You do not need to let any man Work for you for less than he deserves or earns. You do not have to covet the property of others. Hello, jealousy, or look at it with wishful eyes. No man has anything of which you cannot have the like. You are to become a creator not a competitor. You are going to get what you want, but in such a way that when you get it, every other man will have more than he has now. You must rise entirely out of the competitive thought. You must never think for a moment that supply is limited. Back to Alicia Keys, right? Back to the limiting beliefs we have around money, scarcity or abundance, scarcity or abundance. Know that the money you need will come, even if it is necessary for a thousand men to be led to the discovery of new gold mines tomorrow. So obviously that's a very, very 1910 statement, but the first part, know that the money you need will come. It begins with you believing. And then it also begins with you shifting your universe and your world and your work habits to ensure you're doing things to earn, right. And to produce wealth, but it begins with a belief. Remember, your self-worth is tied to your net worth, right? And so we have to we have to remember that money is energy, and number two, that there is enough and always will be, enough for all of us. Number three, uh, the, the last idea I want to explore with you is this idea of hand-ups versus hand-ups. Outs. Now, when I read this part, uh, this will, you know this may feel a little weird or a little controversial as I read it to you. But just let let it land, remove judgment, and just hear what he's writing. Because when you really hear it, ooh, there's a good point. Okay, so we're going to be talking a little bit about disease and poverty here, and mindsets around the both medicine. As a science of disease has increased disease, religion as a science of sin has promoted sin, and economics as a study of poverty fill the world with wretchedness and want. Do not talk about poverty. Do not investigate it or concern yourself with it. What should concern you is the cure. Do not spend your time in charitable work or charity movements. Now, hold up. I know where your head is going. My head was doing the same thing. But listen, all charity and charity, we're talking about charity, right? Only tends to perpetuate the wretchedness it aims to eradicate. I do not say, and this is Wallace Waddles, I do not say that you should be hard-hearted or unkind and refuse to hear the cry of need, but you must not try to eradicate poverty in any of the conventional ways. Put poverty behind you and put all that pertains to it behind you and make good by getting rich. That is the best way you can help the poor. The poor do not need charity they need inspiration. Charity only sends them a loaf of bread to keep them alive in their wretchedness and gives them an entertainment to make them forget for an hour or two. But inspiration will cause them to rise out of their misery. If you want to help the poor, demonstrate to them that they can become rich and prove it by getting rich yourself. People must be taught to become rich by creation, not by competition. But for every man who gets rich by creation, he opens a way for thousands to follow him and inspires them to do so. I thought that was transformative. And to go back, this does not mean that we don't help, but are you giving a handout? Or are you giving a hand up? And we're always thinking about this most certainly in our business as we're on the search for a philanthropy, as we tie some of the work we're doing, specifically in the Vibe and Thrive community, to a greater purpose. And what does that look like? And how do we make a greater impact? And how do we provide a ladder, a hand up to people and organizations and companies that need it versus handouts, which only keep them in their state of wanting and longing and needing and this poverty mindset. So this notion of hand ups and ladders versus hand outs and band-aids is a powerful thing to explore as you think about the science of getting rich and this notion that we have an opportunity every day to demonstrate to others that they too can get rich by doing it, ourselves. And again, when we use the word rich and throughout this book, success is defined very differently for all of us. Richness can be joy. Richness can be health, right? Richness can be time and freedom and flexibility and and uh, and spiritual freedom, right? So whatever that looks like for you, demonstrate it by doing it yourself. Okay, Fear Boss, I hope you loved this show as much as I loved making it for you. I've been wanting to talk about this book to you for a long time. And the story of Jensen Chero came up the other day in uh, our winter Vibe and Thrive Mastermind. Uh, by the way, we open up our spring mastermind. If you wanna get into the Vibe and Thrive Mastermind community and class it's fire, we open back up again in the spring. Date's coming soon, but just click the link in uh, the show notes to get on our wait list and you'll be the first to know. But it came up this notion of money being energy Is everybody setting goals specifically right now in January, 2021. But in our community, we set goals four times a year. We celebrate New Year's four times a year. Join the mastermind. I'll show you how. Uh, and I thought, It could be a good topic here for the podcast. So I have been excited to share this book with you. I've been excited to have the conversation around money being energy. And if you thought this was cool, let me know. We'll talk a little bit more about it. And I have um, some folks I can bring on as we start to discover and explore this notion a little bit more to help us think about how we save, how we spend, and most importantly, how we navigate our uh, relationship with money. If you want more money, 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 money talk. Holler at your girl and let me know. I always love hearing from you on Instagram. So come hang out with me and send me a DM anytime you're really going to talk to me. So uh, come say hello. Let me know what you liked about this episode, what you want more of. And you can always email myself and my team at hello at judyholler.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reviewing. Uh, Thank you for sharing with your friends. And until next week, keep saying yes and stay brave. Okay, Fear Boss. So real quick, I am a part of the Soulfire Productions family. They produce this show and it's incredible. It's an awesome group of human beings. And what's so cool is it's a whole network of really badass podcasters. So, um, I want to tell you about a podcast, especially all my mamas out there may really love. Um, if you're a mama Fear Boss and you have children, um, if you've been through birth and pregnancy and maybe if you're struggling with postpartum um, and that shift and struggling there, you got to check out Mother the Mother. It's a podcast and an online space for women to gather energetically, and you know I'm all about that energy and that vibe, uh, and to gather sister to sister and mother to mother to really focus on the power of mothers and offer real-life advice and, uh, and talk about that experience of pregnancy and birth, and most importantly, of course, that postpartum shift. It's a powerful time in history to be a woman. Uh, we are better together, <laughs> and on Mother to Mother, you will hear stories of conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, death, owning a business, starting a business, being a stay-at-home mom, conscious partnership and what that looks like, therapy, nutrition, alternative, healing, modality, spirituality, medical freedom, and so much more. Yo, it takes a village to raise a confident mother, not just a child. I think you're going to love this podcast. Link in the show notes to go check it out.